Well, uh, a horrible start to talking about peanut butter today. Sorry. Sorry. Do you like peanut butter? Well, you shouldn't because it's unsustainable and you're a bad person. try the podcast where we try to understand poetry i'm koya she's yuki she's looking right at me i'm yuki (laughs) hi yuki hey hey how are you i'm good i just ate a big bag of pita chips i saw (laughs) how are you doing (laughs) i saw the whole thing I'm okay. Well, uh, you mentioned before we started recording that you had some peanut butter before the call in preparation for today's episode. It was actually a, a complete accident. But you accidentally I did ingested do it. some peanut butter. Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Are you drunk right now? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know what's so funny. <laughs> she sounded like just like just like like 12 percent angry when you said it 12 percent <laughs> i didn't eat it on accident i the the timing was accidental i ate oh. it on purpose <laughs> how was it it was good was um, it crunchy or creamy? No, it was it was creamy peanut butter, and it was natural peanut butter. Ooh, uh, relevant. Which is important because this was it was a no stir natural creamy peanut butter, and you actually didn't have to stir. And this is really significant for me because I grew up eating natural peanut butter wet that just had it was just like a clump, a yeah. peanut clump at the bottom, the oil on top, yeah, and then you had to like and you had to stir it together manually, but it was like stirring concrete. Yes. And so the fact that we have food technology now to have natural peanut butter, you know, but that has the the, the consistency of like a, a jiff, jiffy. Is it jiffy? I think it's jiff. I don't know. I never ate it. Is it jiff? I think it's jiff. Yeah, I never ate it. Mom's like, you choose jiff. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, it does have palm oil in it. What? Just a little bit. It's not Jif peanut butter. It is it, but it is it has that consistency. Yeah, but like natural no stir peanut butter, it has a little bit of palm oil in it. No, it doesn't. Not it this does. one. Go no, check it, it. Go check the label. Okay, I'm gonna check it. I'm okay, check go it. check the label. Okay, I'm gonna check it. Well, what's the result? Inconclusive. No, it's not. It definitely <laughs> had palm oil in it. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. I like a palm oil personally, a sustainable palm oil. How can you not? I don't know if they have that. They do. Well, they say they do on various labels, but I don't know if it's true. Uh, I don't think it's. I don't think it's generally true. I think palm oil farming is pretty, pretty bad. But I, does, I mean, that doesn't. I mean, that exists. Sustainable palm oil. It's totally a thing. I don't know. I mean, I think that the way that they farm it, it you like can't get away from the monocropping situation Mm. yeah anyway it's fine you know i i also know the pleasure of eating natural peanut butter and the pain of it being so hard in its unstirred form that it tears your bread so (laughs) you know you make little concessions in your life this was not palm oil that i bought 
or no, this is not peanut butter that I bought. I did not know that, that, it, that this existed until this morning when I saw it in the cupboard. But yeah. I thought I was going to have to stir it and I didn't. Well, it's and nice. So, it's nice to not have to stir it. It was nice until I ruined it. You ruined it. I'm so with sorry. Your buzz, buzzkill facts. I didn't have to know. I never had to know. I'm so sorry. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm so happy I was right. <laughs> Today we're not talking it's peanut natural. butter by Eileen Miles. Peanuts are great. They're nitrogen fixers. I don't know what that means. What other like- peanut facts do you have? Let's list all of them. It might be it. <laughs> well, should I? I can read the the Eileen Miles bio. Should we do that, or should should we just talk about peanut butter more? Let's hear the bio. Okay. All right. So today we're reading peanut butter, which comes from Eileen Miles' 1991 collection called "Not Me." It is difficult to describe Eileen Miles succinctly. They seem to defy being put in any particular box. Born in 1949 in Cambridge, Massachusetts, Eileen Miles is a feminist, queer American poet. Their work spans many genres and modes, from fiction and nonfiction, novels and essays, photography, television, short film, theater, and publishing. Miles even ran for president in 1992. Miles completed their undergraduate studies at UMass Boston, and their courses there inspired them to pursue a career as an artist and a writer. In one of their first courses there, they attended a poetry reading, and of that experience, Miles said, I had never seen a poet before. Who had? I really didn't think that there were still poets. After graduation, Miles moved to New York City and studied at St. Mark's Poetry Project, where they later served as artistic director. Miles has also served as a professor of writing and literature at UC San Diego, New York University, Columbia University, and the fabulously named Jack Kerouac School of Disembodied Poetics at Naropa University. Miles's poetry is known for using bold, direct, first-person language, compiled in experimental and exciting ways, all of which are on full display in peanut butter. In a 2018 Paris Review interview, Miles writes, Poetry is this kind of speech or statement that plays by its own deck. You can change the order. You can change the look of it on the page. You can use the right words, the wrong words. You can use English words. You can use words from other languages. You can appropriate languages. It's a utopian space in which to express. Poetry is structured like music through gaps, but it's language. And I think that's part of what's upsetting to people who feel intimidated by it. They know what language does, but now it's doing something else. Miles is the recipient of numerous awards, including a Guggenheim Award, a Warhol Creative Capital Arts Writers Grant, three Lambda Book Awards, the Shelley Prize, the Clark Prize for Excellence in Art Writing, a Poetry Award from the American Academy of Arts and Letters, and the Bill Whitehead Award for Lifetime Achievement. Peanut Butter by Eileen Miles. I am always hungry and wanting to have sex. This is a fact. If you get right down to it, the new unprocessed peanut butter is no damn good, and you should buy it in a jar, as always, in the largest supermarket you know. And I am an enemy of change, as you know. All the things I embrace as new are in fact old things, re-released. Swimming, the sensation of being dirty in body and mind, Summer as a time to do nothing and make no money. Prayer as a last resort. 
pleasure as a means, and then a means again, with no ends in sight. I am absolutely in opposition to all kinds of goals. I have no desire to know where this, anything, is getting me. When the water boils, I get a cup of tea. Accidentally, I read all the works of Proust. It was summer, I was there, so was he. I write because I would like to be used for years after my death. Not only my body will be compost, but the thoughts I left during my life. During my life, I was a woman with hazel eyes. Out the window is a crooked silo. Parts of your body I think of as stripes, which I have learned to love along. We swim naked in ponds, and I write behind your back. My thoughts about you are not exactly forbidden, but exalted because they are useless, not intended to get you because I have you and you love me. It's more like a playground where I play with my reflection of you until you come back and into the real you I get to sink my teeth. With you, I know how to relax, and so I work behind your back, which is lovely. Nature is out of control, you tell me, and that's what's so good about it. I'm immoderately in love with you, knocked out by all your new white hair. Why shouldn't something I have always known be the very best there is? I love you from my childhood, starting back there when one day was just like the rest, random growth and breezes, constant love, a sandwich in the middle of the day, a tiny step in the vastly conventional path of the sun. I squint, I wink, I take the ride. Yay. What's your first thought? I want to hear your first thought. You want to hear my first thought? Mm -hmm. I love this poem. It feels very sentimental. It feels very, oh, snarky is the wrong word, but like sassy. It feels very sassy, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But it's it's so sweet too. You know, it's sassy, but it's sweet. Yeah. Um, And it's a person who like knows what they like. And they don't give a damn mm-hmm. if you think that they shouldn't like that thing. Like, yeah. you know, processed peanut butter. Yeah. And also, you... my, peanut, my peanut butter and me. Oh, my goodness. My peanut butter connection. Because I, so, yeah, I did not read this poem again until just now because I forgot to do it. <laughs> um, but so I forgot about that. The, the part about the unprocessed peanut butter. So our little um, palm oil discussion yeah. was super relevant. I'm keeping yeah. that in there. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's super I, relevant. I, I feel the same way. Um, I love this poem for much of the same reasons that you already listed. Um, I, I love how matter-of-fact um, Eileen Miles is in like their love of this person and their like their pretty much everything they do in the things they they like or don't like and so yeah i love that does this poem remind you of your relationship at all oh totally i mean sky and i have been together since we were 19 so it's like going on oh jesus a long time a long hundred years yeah 800 <laughs> wait how old are we now 35 don't 16. don't add this math yeah 16 years 
Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, like what are some of the lines in here? Ah, oh, this poem is very long, like vertically. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? Ooh. Um, it's definitely hard to find the things that I'm trying to find in the poem because it's so long. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Um, yeah. It also makes it really hard to read uh, because the lines are chopped up so mm-hmm. short. Um, and so it's like hard to know sometimes where a phrase starts and stops or like what parts are connected to each other because there's also no stanzas. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes it really difficult. Um, I remember there was one part I read all the works of Proust and then they say something about like it was summer I was there so was he and mm-hmm. I was like were Miles and Proust alive at the same time they weren't <laughs> it was a different idea different thought yeah, yeah. um but it, it like for that reason it gets a little bit confusing mm-hmm. um but yeah let me see oh there is a stanza yeah the the last the very last yeah there's like it, it is two very long st- like one long stanza and one shorter shorter one, one. yeah yeah um i love this line i'm immoderately in love with you knocked out by all your new white hair you know is, is that the part that reminds you the most of your relationship maybe yeah i i think it's so cute to imagine me and sky together as old people um which you know we're not we're we're rapidly approaching being old people um you know we're we're both getting white hairs um Mm -hmm. and both thinking back to when we were in college and not being able to remember things about it because it was 15 years ago but yeah i've been immoderately in love with this weirdo for 16 years Mm -hmm. and it's great you know because like i think uh, well like kind of going back to like the desire for things that are new like I, I could see why it could be appealing for some people, you know, to be in a relationship and then to like seek a new relationship. But like for me, that doesn't seem fun at all. I don't think it's, I mean, I think, I don't know that it's necessarily that it's fun. It's just like that is not having a fun is not the way I would describe that. Like maybe people cheat because they want something new. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that that's that is why people say they cheat. I don't think that's actually why people cheat. Mm. I don't want anything new. I mean, I want our relationship to grow, but I'm very happy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think you are, you know, we've discussed you are, I think, unusually lucky in a lot of ways. And so I I think I mean, I, I don't um you know, I've, I've never been in a relationship where uh, I've been cheated on or where I have cheated, but but I understand why people do it. But I also understand just being like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. And yeah, yeah. I don't need a novelty. I There's no, like, dissatisfaction with what I got, you know. I like my peanut oh. butter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's the Eat, Pray, Love lady? Elizabeth Gilbert. I remember reading this um this article she wrote about she was writing about how she like she would cheat in all of her relationships or she would like start relationships before her other relationships had ended and she would go after men who were in relationships and she would do this by just being whoever their partner wasn't 
Like it didn't really matter who their partner was. They just wanted the, you know, the alternative to that. Yeah. Which is not so much about newness and novelty so much as it is about like the possibility of you being someone else if you are with this other person. And so people mm-hmm. say that they cheat because they want novelty and excitement, but usually they cheat because they are not comfortable with the choices that they have made and the kind of person that they've turned out to be. And so this other person represents like, oh, what if I, you know, what if I dated, you know, this person and I had I had become like this, you know? And so you people who don't do that tend to be much more comfortable with themselves. Um, and I think it's not so much about about Sky being the peanut butter <laughs> that you want, but about you being comfortable with, I mean, look at how they say this. If you get right down to it, the new unprocessed peanut butter is no damn good and you should buy it in a jar, as always, in the largest supermarket you know. I mean, what a what a statement. I mean, it's wrong, too. It's like not even true. <laughs> but it's they true have presented it. It's true for them. They have presented it as though it is like objective fact, you know, like this is someone who knows exactly what they want. They have no compunction about asking for it, about going after it, you know, or anything like that. And so it's not, I mean, again, this is not true. (laughs) I mean, there's so many ways that 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 is not a true statement. And so, but like for them, it is true. And so it doesn't really matter you know, what other people think or like what other people's opinions of peanut butter are. And so this is someone who is like very comfortable with their choices and is comfortable with the comfortable with the life that they're living, you know, and it's it's more about that because unprocessed peanut butter to another person is like, Ugh. yeah, you know, uh, or or yay, I suppose, in this to be counter to the poem. And so, yeah, it tends to be, I think, people who are very happy in their relationships, they're 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 happier with themselves it's not about their partner right yeah 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 totally and eileen miles is like very clear on the things that they like and the things that make them happy Mm -hmm. yeah you have any favorite lines uh i have a few favorite lines this is a great poem the first time i read this poem i wasn't that interested in it how did Um, you find this poem um I think I was at, like, I read this when I was in China, actually, um, at this, it was just like, it was some sort of meetup around poetry. And I don't remember specifically what it was, but it was like a bunch of people getting together to read poetry. Um, and so that's how I came across this one. And I didn't, like, it didn't really grab me um, because these are, this is not, a lot of the poetry that I like the most and that we've like talked about in the previous season have been, oftentimes it's it's concerned with like, matters vaguely or um very directly metaphysical um and this one is is not like that at all and so I, it didn't really grab me but like the more i read it the more the more i kind of got hooked in by that like the confidence in which in which they're stating all of this mm-hmm. the you know the sort of clipped lines that it makes it to me it makes it seem kind of like like a little bit like like frenzied almost but like not not in a way that is um, like out of control. It's just like, I don't know, that you can, that you, you're moving through it very quickly because it's, everything is so sure that you don't need yeah. to waste any time. You know, there's, yeah. there's no, there's no hesitation. You don't need all of that. And then there are a few lines that really, that really over time just like really hooked me in. Uh, certainly the one that you read, I'm moderately in love with you. Actually, that one is, even just that by itself is incredible. 
but I really liked, oh, this is, this is what it was. This is a line that like, that really hooked, hooked me in. My thoughts about you are not exactly forbidden, but exalted because they are useless, not intended to get you because I have you and you'd love me. It's more like a playground where I play with my reflection of you until you come back and into the real you, I get to sink my teeth. Man, I think that that's, those are my favorite lines of the poem, I think. In part because it, um, it, it talks about the way a lot of our, you know, like a lot of our relationships that we enjoy the most romantic or otherwise are, I mean, they really are like, you know, reflecting pools for the self you know it's like you get to gaze into this other person and see yourself and that can be you know it can be um can be very narcissistic but it can also be like um the way that they're writing about it is is i think just more matter of fact like that is part of what happens is you you seeing yourself reflected in another person and, and of course you need to do that to a certain extent you can't have like a nice relationship with someone where you're not getting anything back um, of yourself that's resonating with with who you are or something and I've had a lot of relationships not necessarily romantic relationships but also um, friendships as well where the thing that someone liked about me had nothing to do with me <laughs> because they didn't know me at all <laughs> and weren't interested in me as a person but they liked that I was able to reflect them back at themselves um, which is, you know, usually just by being a pretty good listener. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, that's actually it. I like, I like to listen to people. So, um, there's a certain kind of person who like is, um, I don't, I think maybe doesn't get a lot of that. And so, um, I had a lot of relationships where that was the relationship. It was like, I was just reflecting another person back at themselves. And I was really like me as a person, I was very marginal, and so that those lines remind me of those relationships, which were not, they certainly weren't good or healthy by any stretch, but like, you know, they're part of my, um, you know, my, like my history. And, um, I have a lot of affection for, I, I don't think I have any of those people in my life anymore, but, um, I have a lot of affection for, uh, most of them because they were just such, um, they weren't good partners or friends, but they were trying their best, you know, um, and they had their own kinds of, you know, like personality traits and stuff that that made me that certainly made me um, attached to them. And so that that line, those lines remind me of that. But then it takes it out of this kind of like very like kind of shallow attachment to someone just because they give you attention or whatever. What I mean, what Eileen Miles is talking about is clearly not that because it's like um not only is, um, I don't want to phrase this. May I ask you a quick clarifying question? Mm -hmm. So the the lines like it's like a playground where I play with my reflection of you mm -hmm. until you come back. So is it that like they get to imagine what this person is like, even though there that person isn't actually there in front of them, and they get to enjoy that image of them in their minds until that person is there for them to mm -hmm. delight in in person is that is that am i reading that correctly that, that's how i'm reading it um okay. that's what i was going to say actually is that like that is what makes this relationship different from the, the kind that the kinds that i'm talking about which is that this person um knows that the the image of this person they have in their mind 
is not the thing itself, you know? Mm. And so, so that's, so that's one difference. And then the, the other difference is that when the person comes back that they are, then they know that they're dealing with the thing itself, like something other from, from themselves. Right. But Eileen Mize is still able to acknowledge that their reflection um, of this person is theirs, you know, and is right. like able to to recognize the distinction. I think that, and I think that's what that that's the difference is that a lot of these relationships that I had, friendships and partners and stuff, they were not really able to understand that like the person that they thought I was was just their reflection, of, right? You know, and like it, it it had nothing. It really didn't have anything to do with me, and so they weren't really interfacing with me very much at all. It was more just um, a reflection of themselves, like whatever yeah, they yeah, wanted yeah. to see in you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I like those lines because it it like kind of speaks to like I've I've like experienced this like kind of distorted like dysfunctional <laughs> element of that. Yeah. And so there's a way that like this speaks to that but also talks about it as if like oh that's actually part of like a relationship to a certain extent. Not to the extent that you ignore the person who's actually there, but like there is a way in which, you know, none of us are experiencing another objectively it's always distorted through our like subjective experience you know mm-hmm. of of the world and stuff and so I, I i don't know i just liked the way they were able to incorporate that in in a way that is like playful and like meaningful um without being like dismissive or like scolding about it or something like that i, I mean again they're able to do that because they have like a full you know the, the relationship they have is like much more full but like i love those lines um so those are certainly my favorite i love sinking my teeth it's just so like physical yeah exactly exactly so yeah so i i like how much of this is like i mean it's a it's a very it's so embodied i think a lot of this poem and i like that yeah that like moving from thoughts into sinking your teeth which is like one of them is like this 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 disembodied kind of detached thing and then another is like you know interacting with the actual physical embodied human being you know one thing i liked about sinking my teeth mm-hmm. it reminded me of jojo my cat mm-hmm. um and sometimes i'll be petting her and she'll get like really excited and she'll bite me but there's like a difference between like she's trying to attack something and bite it versus mm-hmm. like she just she's like so worked up <laughs> she's gotta bite you <laughs> because she never bites you that hard you know, it's it's definitely like a like a Klingon love bite kind of situation, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. You know, sometimes you just like like something so much you just got bite it. <laughs> you know, that's true. Those are words to live by. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sandwich. Your lover. What else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was nothing else to go in that pause. Um, the other okay. The other thing that I that I like. Um, about that line is uh, my thoughts about you are not exactly forbidden but exalted because they are useless Um, which I also I guess that's kind of what I was trying to say that like there is there isn't like there isn't like a a like a demonizing of of like the physical over the mind or the mind over the physical or something like that it's it's just an acceptance of like what you know constitutes a what I'm assuming you know is like a healthy loving relationship but I, I like that line because our, a lot a lot of times our thoughts are very useless. They're not actually really doing anything, you know, they're just like kind of there for us to play around in. Um, and sometimes we play around 
in them and it makes us really upset. <laughs> and sometimes we play around in them and, um, you know, and you can like, I don't know, just like have a good time in them. And so I really, I also really like that, like the beginning of that and those lines. I liked, I just, I like the attention to, to thought in that way. It feels like celebrating the everyday to me in those lines. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah, they're, they're exalted because they're useless, right? They're just yeah. like everyday banal things. Mm -hmm. um, they say that a couple of places in the poem, but one, one line I really liked was like, when the water boils, I get a cup of tea. It's just so mm -hmm. like an everyday thing, right? It's like mm -hmm. one thing happens, so you do the other thing, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, there's nothing like special or exciting about water boiling and getting a cup of tea, but it's just like a beautiful shot of what they love about their life. I, yeah, I also loved um, that whole section. This really gets to the, to like the heart of the poem, pleasure as a means and then a means yes. again with no ends in sight. Yeah. That's, that's really the whole point. Like the, the whole thing is just like, there's a total lack of strain. Like um, there, there's no, no real like force being exerted it's right. all just like i have what i have and i'm enjoying what i have i there, there's no ambition there's nothing you know and like that is that is not a state that i am all that familiar with um but it's like i mean it's remarkable to read about i mean i, yeah. I think i think I've, I've experienced like glimpses of this you know and 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 i think the the i think you know we could gather from this that this a lot of this has to do with this person you know like being in love with this person like allows for this this total comfort with what is without having to like make anything to you know without having goals without having ambitions you know like and and all of this allows you to just kind of interact with the world almost passively like with these like you know when the water boils i get a cup of tea i mean who's boiling the water you know nobody accidentally reads the works of proust you know <laughs> like it's, it's just like it doesn't happen but like to be in this that that, that this person is like eileen miles is so in love that that they are able to just experience the world without any real like seeking because everything is already there you know and so you yeah. all of the things that would you might normally have like a to-do list or like a or a bucket list or whatever like these are the things i want to get done they're just happening, you know, yeah. just like almost of their own accord because there's, you don't need that that relationship to them anymore. Yeah. Which is incredible to think about. One thing that I, I was thinking about when you were saying that was that um, I think it's really natural to think about this poem in relationship to like a, a romantic relationship. Um, but for me, it's like, it's hard to think about contentment in a romantic relationship that's disconnected from contentment in other parts of your life, you know, like yeah. I, um, I feel a really strong affinity with this poem when I think about my relationship with Sky, because I am like very happy in the everyday. Um, but there are other parts of my life where I feel that like striving or discontent or like a need to have goals, um, even if I don't know what those goals are, like I feel like a need to have some mm -hmm. um and so it's hard for me to have the like the vibe of this poem just like running as a through line throughout my life because like even if i have that pleasure as a means with my romantic life it's not for every part of my life yeah i guess i mean we could maybe glean that 
that might be the case for for them as well because of the lines. Yeah, I guess that's a question. Like, do you think that Eileen Miles is like perfectly content? Well, I don't think anyone is perfectly content. <laughs> nor nor should they be. Um, yeah. um the lines, um with you I know how to relax, and so I work behind your back, which is lovely. Um Nature is out of control, you tell me, and that's what's so good about it. I mean, I I kind of got the sense from that that like this person has like a tempering effect on them. Mm. And so it's like not so much that they don't have that kind of ambition or those kinds of goals in other parts of their life, but that when they're with this person or perhaps because of their relationship with this person, because the person doesn't necessarily have to physically be there, they are able to... um, have an experience of the world that is not oriented around goal, you know, like um, goal seeking. What is it? Yeah. No, you don't seek the goal. No, it's a goal. I, goal is it goal seeking? Is that a is that a phrase? I don't. Well, you know. could. I guess you could just say seeking. You set goals, goal setting, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Seeking. So, <laughs> sure. Seeking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's unclear if like you know, this, if uh, they're, you know, totally content or something like that. And I don't, I don't think it's necessarily the point that they're, that they're totally content all the time, just that like, they're able to experience this, just this total kind of passivity is not quite the word. Um, because there's, there's a real engagement with what's going on around them. It's just that it's like, it may be acceptance, acceptance is, is it, you know? Yeah. The, the last line um, of the poem I squint, I wink, I take the ride. Like, that's what I think of. It's like, there's this ride going and mm-hmm. like, you're not passive in the sense that like, you know, you're just sitting there, but like, you're willing to get on the ride and just like, go along. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. you're bought in. Yeah. You like it. When I when I read this poem, I had strong feelings. I had very intense feelings for someone that um, I was not in a relationship with. And... I remembered reading this and like being like, I could see there were places where I could relate. And then there were just some things that were just like, not, that is not the experience of this person. And it actually kind of helped me to see that, like, because I, I had never had feelings that, that were, that were so intense before, um, which was actually, um, it was good that it happened a little later in life. Cause I think if I had, if it had happened when I was like 21, I think it would have like, I would have been really messed up by it. (laughs) But I was like, yeah, this is, I guess, what I'm supposed to feel. But I also knew that this person was like, not well. (laughs) It was like not something that was ever going to work out. And um, it, it, it helped me kind of like see the ways in which like those intense feelings were just that. They were just intense feelings because I was not accepting of my, of the world around me in the same way. This person was not allowing me to, like, it was not giving me the same sense of, like, you know, self-assurance and confidence in my, um, or this relationship was not giving me that that kind of, like, confidence or self-assurance that Eileen Miles is is writing about and experiencing. And it wasn't, like, it wasn't, I wouldn't necessarily call it destructive, but, like, it was, um, it was very, it was very, it was certainly very disruptive, you know, it was, like, disruptive to I guess just in the way that like high intensity things can be disruptive. They tend to like take over your thoughts and like it was it was just it was not this and it was like this was the poem that I read that I was like, oh, this is like not what I'm experiencing. And I think I'd much rather experience what they're writing about. So I guess I just got to kind of enjoy that. And then 
Um, it kind of was just like a good story. <laughs> I'm not telling it as a good story, but I don't want to give any details on the podcast. Yeah, but like this, this was like, like this is like that. That's not what I should be aspiring to. I shouldn't be aspiring to just like getting high off of another person. Like that's mm-hmm. not that's not the experience that I want actually. Yeah. I, it makes me think about like the the role of poetry and storytelling just in general in our lives. Like, you know, it provides this like image of someone else's life or a, a different way that something could be, you know, and like in that moment, which I mean, it sounds like enjoyable in certain ways, right? Like it's exciting and it's like, you know, like it makes you feel high, like, right? Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't want that? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, going back to something that you said at the very beginning, which is like, it can be really, you know, enjoyable to see something in somebody else that's like new or like makes you feel a certain way that's like different from your core self. But the kind of joy that Eileen Miles is talking about is like feeling this resonance with your core self right? Like the self that's been there since childhood. Um, And I I don't think it's necessarily to discount other kinds of joy, right? Like if you got to eat some like really fantastic tahini spread, right? Like that's good in itself. Um, But there's also nothing quite like eating that Jif peanut butter that you really loved when you were a kid, right? So um, I think there's like, it's pointing a little bit to two very different kinds of emotions but maybe it like in the story that you told like it was like this poem was a meaningful foil to the relationship that you were in mm-hmm. and that helped you see maybe what you wanted in addition to what you had yeah it, it it i mean that's that's really it like it was um the kind of love that eileen miles is experiencing is the kind that you can only experience as far as I can tell, by having a very like firm sense of self, mm-hmm. which a lot of people do not have um, no. when they enter into relationships. In fact, in fact, that's what drives people to enter into relationships is not really having that. And so I was just like, oh, I don't, I don't have that. That's not what I'm experiencing with this person. It was like what I wanted to experience, you know, as a way to transcend the fact that I had all of this stuff um, that was blocking me from really having a firm sense of self. And Again, I was very fortunate that this happened when I was older. So it was like, and I could actually, you know, I could see all of the fault lines before they even happened. And so, you know, even as as I was experiencing it, I was kind of experiencing it from like kind of like a top down or like a like a bird's eye view of like, okay, so this is happening now, and then this is going to happen, and like, um, and and I I I didn't I never got attached enough. Like that's why like, you know, I was not in love with this person. I wasn't like, yeah, it was it was just like just very high intensity and like that's because that's what you know in in our culture that's so much what we're taught love is supposed to feel like right um, being like madly in love yeah and i knew i I, again i knew i knew i was not in love with this person but if i was like 21 i probably would have thought i would have mistaken those feelings for being in love and i would have like pursued this person further even though there was like there was just he was he was just a mess god (laughs) so i think of a nice way to say it but like, um, and like, you know, like a perfectly nice person, but like not someone that you would ever try to have a long term relationship with. There, yeah, I mean, so it's just it's a different it's a they're they're different. They're just very different experiences. I'm glad that I got to have that experience. Um, and 
and I got to see it for what it was, which is just like, oh, like sometimes exciting things are just really exciting and you don't need to try and drag out the excitement more. You just need to experience the excitement as it is and then like leave it alone. And like what this, I, I don't know, like I think that what they're describing in this poem is, I mean, it's still very exciting. It's just that it's it's not, um, I don't know. I don't know if you have any thoughts on what the difference would be, but, I, but there's, this is a very different kind of excitement. Right, yeah. It's like an excitement in a relationship that makes them feel safe and confident like it's not like excitement extracted from the other person necessarily it's like excitement with the other person very true okay that's a good way of putting it exactly so you a lot of what we are taught romantic love is supposed to be like is is just the excitement of just getting high on another person yeah um and this is like this is someone who is growing with this person who is like who is experiencing the world differently because of what they're bringing to the relationship um and is like able to kind of constantly well, I don't know about constantly but there's this there is this like this kind of like renewal of how they feel about this person that comes from getting to know them deeper and deeper yeah which is not like those those like excited like high feelings that you get th that's not i mean that 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 is that's novelty that's not going deeper so the excitement comes from this like like burrowing in further mm. um which you know that that also like causes that like the more the more intimately you start you get to know someone like the more you know chances there are for for issues and problems and obstacles and, and whatever but you can you know ideally you can navigate them if you're with someone that you feel safe with and you know you're both dedicated to the relationship and stuff so it's the, the kind of excitement is both more sustainable uh, and it's just of a different quality because it, it isn't centered around novelty. It's centered around depth. Yeah. This, so this, the beginning of that second stanza, why shouldn't something I have always known be the very best there is? I love you from my childhood, starting back there when one day was just like the rest, random growth and breezes, constant love, like that random growth, right? It's like, oh, it's exciting because every now and then we like grow together. Can I also say, so the, the next line where I stopped was a sandwich in the middle of the day. When I think of a sandwich, I think of only good things. Like, I don't eat a sandwich as like a normal meal. Like, if I'm getting a sandwich, it's because I'm going on a picnic, I'm going for a hike, right? Like, something good is happening on a day when I eat a sandwich. Also, That's interesting. you know, it's funny because like, you know, like little kids get, they get like, sandwiches in their their lunch boxes and stuff but that was not like my lunch box was never like a peanut butter jelly sandwich so mm -hmm. like i know i recognize that some people might have like bad associations with sandwiches i only have good ones i love a sandwich yeah sandwiches can be very sad but i'm, I'm glad that yours are not pure joy um okay what did you say before there's i wanted to respond to that um, or what we were saying before about like the differences between the the sort of like excitement of like you know a new intense relationship and the excitement of like just getting to know someone deeper. I mean, I I think that there is some something a little bit like there is there is like they are making it a little bit explicit in this poem with those lines. Why shouldn't something I have always known be the very best there is? Because there is this idea that like what is good for you is the thing that is new and exciting. Um, or the thing, or maybe not what's good for you, but the thing that like is desirable. Mm -hmm. And there is this this whole 
stanza is just about, you know, like the thing you have always known, the things that are um, like right in your path that are like, you know, every day, uh, like you were saying before, and and not something that are, that is like, you know, out of nowhere and new and novel. It's but it's but it's still like equally interesting. And I really, 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 really wish that more of our more stories in our culture would focus on that because it really messes people up. <laughs> that other narrative really messes people up, uh, myself included. And so this is just like this is I mean, what is ultimately happening is like this is this is it's not saying that, you know, the that this kind of everyday love is boring. It's raising what is every day to to the same level of that, which is, you know, incredible and exciting and 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 exalted. That's that's the word that they use. So, um, I just wanted to point, just wanted to further elaborate on that because that was, um, I think that that's a really significant part of the poem, like a, a really significant idea that the poem is bringing. I when you were saying that, the first thing I thought of was our friendship. You know, I think. Well, the specifically to the point that you make about like how society tells us that like we should like reach for new things. Like, you know, I think there's this message that you should always be like trying to meet new people and make new friends. But the lesson that you taught me is that it burrowed deeper into the friendships that you already have. And you can, you know, always discover new things and grow together and it's beautiful. It's just as beautiful as like clicking instantly with somebody that you met at a conference or something, which never actually happens. That happens all the time for me. <laughs> well, okay, fine. <laughs> but 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 I think but I think that you're right because that my experience is that like I I have a I've had a lot of experiences with clicking instantly with people, and I've had a lot of those new and exciting and novel experiences in in friendships and romantic relationships, and th- those were the relationships that I was talking about earlier that they're. <laughs> They tend to be kind of vacuous and um, they they uh, don't last very long. But I also have had a lot of good experiences of getting to know someone, not really noticing that they're there. And then one day just being like, oh, this person is great. And then, mm. you know, getting to know that person deeper and deeper and forming like really long lasting, you know, like res- you know, reciprocal, respectful, safe relationships. And so I was not thinking of our friendship, but... I wasn't at first. I will either. now. <laughs> yeah. What we have is beautiful. I agree. Keep your friends close, people. And your enemies closer. That's not that's not right. That's not well, the that's message. the fr- that's that's the right, but that's not the message of this poem or this podcast. Well <laughs> that's not I know, what I was Because going why would for. I want my enemies closer? Yeah. I want I them want much that. further. I want them away. very far from me. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna change it today. Keep your friends close and your enemies very, very far away. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Any other things you want to bring up or say or think? I'm really grateful for your friendship. I'm really grateful for my relationship. Uh, Grateful for all of the long lasting relationships that I have in my life that bring me joy, but not the ones that bring me pain. (laughs) <laughs> maybe i'm grateful for those two but not I, I in relation say, to this poem <laughs> i i have to, I, I think i'm i i am grateful for all of my relationships including the ones that were not very long lasting because i don't know sometimes i think like um 
it's nice to get a, a like a little taste of everything you know that's true and they do make me appreciate the relationships that i have that are more the flavor of the one that's described in this poem yeah yeah exactly yeah. like the the long lasting ones i they're um they are long lasting for a good reason but the 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 ones that were not they were all they're all very meaningful and they all mm -hmm. sort of like you know very much shaped my my perspective and in ways that i think were ultimately helpful you know um sure. but i am i am grateful for you too yuki thanks man yeah should we call it i think we should call it that was a beautiful way to end the podcast i don't know if it was i think it was it was schmaltzy I love schmaltz. Eileen Miles' biography was compiled from University of Massachusetts Boston website, Eileen Miles' personal website, and the Paris Review. All links will be available in the show notes. Our music is from Less FM. Do you like what you heard? Please rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Share us with your friends and enemies. And subscribe so you know when each new episode drops. For questions, comments, concerns, or if you have a poem you'd like for us to discuss, hit us up on Instagram or email us at wepoetried at gmail.com. That's w-e.poe.tried. If you want to keep hearing more episodes like this, you can support Poetry by subscribing to our Patreon linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.